Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Beaumont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. You know, we, we took some time to look at the schedule, and I think things are falling into place. Yep. <laughs> it's 2024 content and what we have to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. Um, but but right now tonight we're gonna talk about Echo. <laughs> yep. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Oh man, Echo. <laughs> and a little bit of news too. So. A little bit of news. I mean, yeah. I, it, it at this point right now, 2024 has consisted of the most award shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The writer strike and the actor strike basically like backloaded everything. So. Award shows that were like nominated for like season ones, like The Bear, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, of course, they, they, you know, Jeremy Allen White did win Best Actor in a Comedy, um, but, um, but it was for season one, not season two, but because I think the voting like actually like either ended around the time that season two was on or something like no, that. Like but, May, yeah. May or April, it ended. Yeah. And and Bear season two came out in June, and so many people have pointed that out, and it yeah. just messes with your mind. But that's why I've always thought the Emmys were so weird because it's TV shows. But what is that period of time of right. yes, if it drops, like it's it's so it always feels late. Mm-hmm. Um, has felt that way because I've all often watched it. And people have gotten awards, and I'm thinking in my mind, but that was like last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. trying to keep, tra- yeah, and just trying to keep track of like the eligibility rules. I mean, because really, I mean, I know there's, you know, also this week there was the Critic Choice Awards as well, and you know, of course, Oscar voting, I believe, is starting, I believe, this week. Um, and so, of course, you know, that's coming later. Um, I guess Oscars is what in March. I want to say this show this year, um, but again, because of the strikes, everything got pushed back. So it just, yeah, it's, it's just really messing with my mind as far as just figuring out eligibility periods and windows of, you know, for like TV shows, for example, you know, from X from September of 2022 to, you know, June of 2023 or whatever, you know, however the seasons work, it definitely, uh, you know, when I was seeing when I was seeing some of the announcements, uh, I guess it was Monday night. Um, yeah, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I have to remind myself this is not for just the most recent season; it's for the seasons before, except for a success. Well, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say some of the yeah. shows. It is the most recent season. Yeah. It just it it when those seasons dropped. And voting, it, it it really becomes a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last, but yeah. I feel like last week we spent a lot of time talking about best supporting actor in a drama series with succession, um, with the rivalry between Kieran and um Pedro. But but it turn it comes I come to find out like Kieran for the Emmys, I th- I could have sworn you told me differently, but Kieran was nominated for best best actor, best lead yeah. role, yeah. and and not supporting actor, and that's where they placed Thomas McFadden in the supporting actor role. So last week when I was talking about how Thomas would be the biggest competition for Pedro out of the succession class, it's because I I didn't realize and I misunderstood. About who was placed in what category? Yeah, well, I think too. I think also we were talking about the Screen Actors Guild because uh, they had their their nominations the same night, same time we were talking about the Golden Globes and as well and and stuff. So yeah, um, too but yeah, shows too many categories. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like my God, um, yeah. but. But I, I mean, now maybe Karen will have a third child. That's all I took away from that Mies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I saw. <laughs> um, yeah, but he got. Um, I guess he got. Yeah, I guess both the Emmys and Critics' Choice. I mean, he did win Best Lead Actor in both, right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I feel as though he's been sweeping his category, um, yeah. which I was thinking about it after I saw he won the Emmy. 
And I know why. I know the scene specifically. I've said this before when Zendaya won her like second Emmy for Euphoria. Um, and you can tell it, it's amazing how performances that really stand out, it all goes back to one specific moment. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they were crap the entire rest of the season. No, it's just that in that moment, they captured something that was very surprising, very human, um, humanistic. And it just, it like, damn, damn. Um, So, so, but I still, I still say like, Pedro, just wait for second season. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I would be shocked. Shocked. Well, here's the, the Last of Us ended, yeah. and Pedro walked never took home an Emmy. Okay, right. I'm just would be shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I can't say more. Like you, I don't want to spoil anything that could potentially happen in the second season of The Last of Us, but uh, yeah. Um, he will definitely get some love, I think, at some point. Um, you know, with, with that potentially with that second with what's to come. Um, yeah, because I mean, and two is so many shows are that, that have ended this year too. I mean, when you think about um, the slate, it's it's going to be pretty wide open uh, for for some new for some new shows next year um, well. in, in some in some categories. So. Well, House of Dragon is coming this summer, so. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, just when you think new shows, some of the reta- returning ones are going to start to rival. Yeah. I mean, HBO, it's just that type of channel where <laughs> it will put out some duds, but when it has a good show, you got to yep. wait until that series is over. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Um, and I and I don't know. I don't know because fantasy is still very interesting how it plays out with right. any award show. Um, yes, I know Peter Dinklage, how many Emmys he walked away with after Game of Thrones ended. <laughs> A shit ton, I think. And this would be something interesting to look up. Like, did he win more awards or did the show win more awards? Yeah. because i'm pretty sure he wanted more for his category than the overall show did um but but we'll see and and i remember i still remember how some of my favorites from the first season were treated during awards season and so if that shows anything um i don't know how how well second season of house of dragon will do in awards but they have my heart (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so moving on to Will wants to talk about how James Gunn shares on IG that he has written seven of eight episodes of Peacemaker season two. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's January, and I think back to this time, I guess, God, was it two years ago now? Uh, with Peacemaker season one, and how a show that I don't think anyone after watching the Suicide Squad film would ever think that we were going to get the genius of peacemaker season one but uh yes uh gun did share that um he is almost finished the only thing he has left to write is the finale for season two and it is part of his first phase of um his new dcu so hopefully we'll be hearing some news about when they're going to go back and start filming some filming this season i mean i guess he's got to get superman legacy finished first um since he's directing that but um but you know so it, it may be a while uh, but i guess i guess they're filming superman legacy now so um or i guess they'll be starting as soon so maybe we'll get a, a better sense as far as when season two of peacemaker is coming but he did say that also there he was going to have another epic opening to to rival the, the first season so that, that first season opening I mean, to this day, I still like think about it. So that was it's gonna be pretty hard to uh, to top to top that. But we should. But if anyone can do it, he can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Will wants to put us all to sleep as he gives updates on Star Wars projects. 
I know you're done with Star Wars. I know you're done with Star Wars. But there's actually, this is just a follow up to the Mandalorian and Grogu story that uh, broke last week. That when Lucasfilm shared that they were going to be making a film with with our our lovable Baby Yoda, so they can sell more baby you know Baby Yoda dolls and stuff. But uh, somehow the internet thought that because of that movie and because everyone just assumed that when um, they had announced that Daisy Ridley was coming back to do a, a Ray film, that the Ray film was now delayed indefinitely or, or whatever. But Lucasfilm yeah, sh- shared that, uh, no, it's not, uh, that the Ray film is still going forward. Daisy Ridley is still committed to the project. Uh, Jeff Snyder uh, had a big news dump uh, in his newsletter about what's going on with Star Wars right now. I mean, basically, they backed up the Brinks truck for for Daisy to come back and, and play the character. Uh, Daisy also just talked about how fans were very... I saw an interview with her re- yesterday, actually. I, I, don't, I can't remember when it was filmed, uh, but I think it was pretty recent. It was, I think, a French network. But um, about her excitement for the project. Um, and it... Looks like yes, Mandalorian Grogu will be the probably will be the first film out the gate. Uh, I think we're looking at a, a May 2020 uh, release date for that film. But um, but yeah, the, the, the second the, the Ray film where she will be creating a new Jedi Order will probably will probably be the second one, and then of course there's the whole Filoni film that um, he's working on, uh, you know, pulling together all the things from the Mandoverse together. So uh, that, that's the latest in the in the Star Wars realm. But uh, if you're hearing anything about the Ray film being delayed or whatever or taken off the schedule or canceled, because I mean, God knows they've canceled like so many projects, but this one has not been canceled or delayed. It hasn't been, it hasn't been canceled, but it hasn't been shot. <laughs> True. True. Anything's possible with Star Wars. There's still time. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, too, with it, uh, I guess Sean Levy, who's uh, doing uh, Deadpool 3 and also Stranger Stranger Worlds, Stranger Things. I'm sorry, my Star Trek seeped in there for a moment. But uh, he also is looking at doing a Star Wars film, which supposedly may also have Ray in it as well. So, yeah. need people directors actors to just stop with the star wars like we get it you're fanboys we get it that's part of the reason why you became blah 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 but have you talked to all of those once fanboys probably still are but directors and actors who either a said the same thing got what they wanted and then quickly got kicked off of the project (laughs) (laughs) Or have you talked to John Boyega about Star Wars? Yeah, or or Damon Lindelof, who, yeah. yeah. I just, I I feel as though everyone says how small Hollywood is, and yet y'all are not talking to each other about the reality of the, the business and with these big productions. So... So that's that's lovely that you have this idea for a great Star Wars movie. But if you get what you wanted, be careful because the reality is going to be probably really different. And 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 also, have you looked at the comments on all all of the new Star Wars stuff? I mean, I'm not the only one who's kind of like done with Star Wars and I'm not I'm not done done. I'm just kind of I don't, I feel as though the current direction they're going on with most of these stories, it it just, it, it's boring. <laughs> a, a fresh, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get you. I mean, it's it would be, it, they do need a fresh perspective. Uh, and I think Mandalorian season one was, even though it was still set right after Return of the Jedi, I think, you know, it was a different vibe, uh, at least for me, at least. Uh, and I, but I do get your point. I do get your point though, because after the after the the sequel films, the third prequel tri- trilogy, the JJ, you know, 
reboot of a reboot. Right, right. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the sequel yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah. And yeah. and so I find it I find it interesting how they think that bringing back Ray is going to allow them to continue to expand on what they currently had and I'm I'm thinking in my mind, I don't want a Ray movie without Kylo. I'm sorry. You left me with one fucking kiss. <laughs> That's not <laughs> enough, okay? And so, and, it, it and just, you're the yeah, yeah. Well, you're in a fan of yeah, they're a fan of their thinking of. That's why they're leading with Mandalorian and Grogu. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> everybody but loves that. Mandalorian and Grogu, like I'm kind of, I feel as though I've invested with them multiple TV shows or seasons of television, and now you're gonna do a movie, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't like this whole. I have never been on board for the concept of. You have a TV show, and after a few seasons, now it's a movie. Mm. There's just something weird to me about that, where I just, I think we've talked about it in the past as we're watching various shows, like the pacing of a TV show versus the pacing of a movie. Mm-hmm. And how, and I think specifically last week when we are talking about um, what if this yeah. was brought up, like what if season two probably would have made for a really interesting movie you know with all of those different stories that have um like just expand upon the whole captain carter of it all and make a captain carter movie that that would have been fine Mm -hmm. probably a bit more well paced um rather than divvy it up into these half hour episodes so so now i've spent like 40 minutes a week with grogu and mando and now, like, their story is just going to get condensed into a two-hour, probably three-hour movie at the rate movies are being filmed these days. And, yes, I am not looking forward to being in that theater and watching 20 minutes of walking in sand. Because, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a walking in sand sequence. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that I need a producer to come out and say about Star Wars. Like, moving forward, we will no, ha- no longer have sequences of people walking in sand in sand like, on that yeah go away from tatooine we don't want to go back to tatooine <laughs> yeah and i and honestly will i don't even think it's always on tatooine i think there's oh. other planets that just also happen to have sand and it's just True. a lot of walking talking and sand and it's too much yeah we already got yeah. doom 2 coming out god knows when sometime this year and Yep. And there's a lot of sand in that movie, but but anyway, so off my my Star Wars soapbox, I just one last yeah one before we move on from Star Wars, just one last little thing. Uh, Diego Luna did note that he was filming his last he's doing his last week bit a week of filming for season two of Andor, which um, it, speaking to your point about going in different directions and really really landing really well by doing that, uh, Andor season one was definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, because because yeah. Rogue One was a good movie. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yep. <laughs> I'm just, it's not surprising to me. To yeah. me, it's like why make uh, continue making movies about Rey? Her trilogy, people argue, is the worst. <laughs> so yeah. I just I don't understand these decision makers. But whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That brings us to the last bit of news, and um, which will lead into our main topic of discussion tonight. Um, and this news, I feel as though, I'm sorry, it's 2024, but I feel as though this has been said before, but I guess it's confirmed by Jeff, Jeff Snyder that Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wall will return as Foggy and Karen for De- Daredevil Born Again. Um, Actually, I would like listeners to go back Mm-hmm. in our catalog and find the episode where we first talk about born again and i could have sworn our producer mr will Polk, told me that these two would not be involved in this project and i told him there's no way in fucking hell <laughs> they, but here's the thing they they were not involved with this project it's like basically marvel listened to people to you and other fans and whenever you they shot way too much credit way too much oh. credit they, I mean, it's 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 true. I mean, basically, they filmed 
before the strike, they had filmed like what six episodes or however many of the Daredevil Born Again, and they saw what they had, and they like fuck it, this this is not working, and this yeah. is and then after the fact is when they brought Foggy and Karen back because they're like, oh, okay, we know the formula that works. <laughs> Let's get these people back in here. And, and it may be a one-off. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. It's, I mean, Jeff just basically said they're coming back, but you know, it could be a one, it could be a one episode appearance or it, it could be very integral to the rewritten story. I don't, I, you know, we don't know, yeah. but uh, they're coming back. They now are coming back because the first they were not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but um, <laughs> if they were really listening to the fans, yeah. we would have gotten confirmation that the Punisher would be in it too. Oh, he's in it. Season two of Daredevil is superior. Yeah. But he's already confirmed. Yeah, Barenthal, yeah, Barenthal's okay. back. Yeah. So, so, okay. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I know how many episodes Karen will be in. <laughs> and this isn't good. This isn't gonna go well, man. Um, just based on what my understanding of what the the show is called and the comic book run, it seems to be based on the pieces are there, people. <laughs> of what's gonna happen, and and see, and that's why I was so shocked at the beginning of it all when when you were. The, when you and they were very adamantly saying, no, they're not going to be involved. And I'm thinking to my man, how in the hell do you do this without at least Karen? <laughs> it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. The math ain't mathin', but no. So, well, I'm glad it took a strike for them to get their pieces in order. Hopefully they pull it off. Um, we did just see Daredevil in the very first episode of Echo. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to admit, I a was first of all like whoa too soon but simultaneously I was just the entire sequence before he even arrived in that scene of Maya on her first mission for Fisk mm-hmm. I was blown away by the um camera work yeah it, it was so good and it reminded me of the camera work they used in the seasons of Daredevil that really, I think, caught everyone's attention with the fight choreography because it just, it felt immersive. And it, it feels because of how they use the hand cam, mm-hmm. um, they, it feels like a video game and not in a bad way. In more of like you're you're in the middle of the chaos, literally, and you're spinning around and observing all of the different things. It's not let me just place a camera here and two people are going to fight in front of it like that. That can be very boring. So I really I really was impressed by that. Um, And and I hope we get more sequences because I have to admit the the big action sequence in the second episode. And Will probably thought this, that I was going to bring this up while he was watching it. Because where are the fucking lights? Okay? (laughs) I couldn't see a damn thing of what was going on in the train. And Mm -hmm. whenever they have these sequences and it's all dark, I get it. It's night. But you know what's out at night? A moon. Stars. You can figure out a way to have some light. Where I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna listen to bang bang whatever. They'll 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 do whatever. They'll succeed in whatever they're trying to do. I don't I don't care. I don't have to watch it. Whatever. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So so to go back to the first episode, Will, what are what are some of your opening thoughts about Echo? Yeah, opening thoughts. I I agree with you on the um, the the fight cinematography and choreography. Uh, it actually, to your point about the uh, the uh, film camera work and stuff, I mean, it was it really was the going back to the uh, I guess the one take, um, mm-hmm. where you just set you know just set things going. And uh, I actually listened to uh, Screen Screen Crush did a a great breakdown of of the fight choreography, uh, right. and 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 
showing and, and a reference said the very thing that you mentioned, which is what you saw in the in the Daredevil Netflix shows, that same one take uh, style being utilized and, and just the evolution of, you know, seeing that type of like choreography versus, you know, other things, even like Batman for Batman Begins versus Batman for Superman, how things change and, and other and other other fight scenes. So I agree with you. That was one of the highlights for me as far as the the, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the overall faults of, of the show so far, I've only watched two episodes because uh, I thought that they did a good job really weaving in the the Native American folklore backstory really get into her, her her background in a very but also but but it did it in a way that was also very like mcu <laughs> uh which was both a good but also detracted a little bit for me to be honest because i'm like okay it's it was i i love the representation i love the Build, you know, really showing her 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 cultural foundations and 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 all. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, they're weaving into superhero stuff. <laughs> you and, know. And. Uh, and you know and, what's and, Will? Yeah. Like, I totally understand what you're saying, but to me, it yeah. doesn't feel. I don't go to the superhero stuff. I go to why. Do you, why does this come off as Avatar? Yeah. Like why? Like and and I don't know what it is, but between between the ancestor stuff that is happening in Echo, and what we that episode from What If the um, I forgot her name. Chet. Yeah, Kalori, uh, Kalori, who actually was generous oh. enough, the actress who plays Bonnie voices her, and and What If. The actress who plays Bob. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, um, very cool connection there. Yeah. Um, that whole episode reminded me of Avatar. And I just, I kind of wish that the MCU would find a way to do this without that. Mm-hmm. Like, with with being very cautious of not going into the avatar of it all. And I, and I understand why I would get that vibe, just because... I mean, Will's never seen the movie, but it is, and I'm not, I've never seen the second movie, but I saw the first movie and, and I, the first movie is basically a remake of Dances with Wolves. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I have seen that. Yeah. that, but I just, I just, I feel like they have yet to figure out a way out of all the cultures that they have managed to incorporate into the MCU, they haven't figured out a way with um, Native American culture to to get it without going in that direction. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, in it because and I, I tell you, a, a film that that where they did it well was uh, the Predator remake of uh, Predator film that we uh, that was on hulu uh about a year or so ago yeah uh, they, that was that yeah that was was one that i really thought they did a good job of you know integrating yeah we got this you know we're in a superhero world and stuff and it was well, a sci-fi world but we're, you know we respect the native american traditions and the culture and and the and, and all that uh but i mean but it, like i said this was this it also reminded me too, like, of a Blue Beetle, where the things I liked about Blue Beetle was the family aspects of it, and and, and so, you know, whenever we see Maya's family at the beginning and the shadow, um, play, you know, the shadow puppet play, and and just sitting around the area talking and all that kind of stuff. Those 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 were like the the very good moments that really stood out for me, uh, and so. You know, so it, it humanized the character early on because, especially the younger version of her. But the thing is, what, with the first episode, you know, it was really like the first. I guess that like the the first half hour was really like a a, re, a, a setup 
for people. Oh my since, god! Yeah, it was like, hey, Hawkeye season one again. <laughs> it was not a setup. It was the longest montage yeah. I have ever seen, and and I'm ashamed to admit it took me until they got to New York. So the mom has died, yeah. and then and then it really started to set in as as we're getting caught up to present day like oh my god they're going full montage with this yeah. Yeah. this is the longest previously on yeah. <laughs> you've already seen this we're gonna yeah. fill in some i'm just like oh my god stop but um to to go back to the ancestor stuff real quick um something that i think that they are not they're there i feel as though in my opinion, they are, it's half-baked just mm -hmm. because it's so far, and we've only watched two episodes, but in both episodes, they're named after one of her ancestors. Mm -hmm. And the openings always show um, this new ancestor and they tell a story about them. But so far, I have not felt as though those stories about her ancestors are really doing a good job mirroring present day. Um, I feel like I feel like it's it's partly there, but it, it yeah. to me I don't fully connect them together. Like it, they're not perfect um, foils for one another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're touching on it, uh, especially with the play with with the echo because you know that's one of the things I do know about the character is that. You know, as far as how they've changed Echo from the comic versus Echo in live action, uh, where uh, well, a couple things. One, they they changed the Native American nation that she that she's from, because uh, she was uh, uh, big Cheyenne, Latin American in the uh, in the comic book, and she's a Chocotah in the in the live action. Uh, but also her power set, um, I think. I think what they're trying to achieve and and is the echo is because her power set in the comics was she basically was like taskmaster in the MCU where they, she they, she could mimic other people's fighting styles and take and that was the whole point of the, of the echo. Here I think they're trying to like show the echoes of the ancestors coming through in these flashbacks, but the way that is edited and stuff, I think. It, it's kind of haphazardly edited sometimes um, where this kind of doesn't flow. Um, and so I get where they're trying to go. And maybe as we get deeper in the episode, in the, in the series, we'll, we'll sort of see that sort of play out. And we saw that in particular, um, you know, in the second episode when she was on the train and her, her, her leg gets caught in the, in the, um, yeah. Thing and they, you and know, they kind of flash back to the, yeah. And at the end, where I think, because then you get a flashback of not just Loak, but you you get a flashback uh, to um, Chaffa, the first one, mm -hmm. and then also someone else who I believe is going to be um, is what the third episode, mm -hmm. the, the the name comes from that ancestor, and I feel yeah. as though that one's going to be a little darker. Yeah, yeah. Just based on the images we saw of that ancestor, which, you know, it, maybe it's done purposely that it's not a complete mirror to present day just because it's an echo, mm -hmm. like a reverberation um, of these voices of these ancestors um, and their past strength and, um, and making sure their people are okay, um, which Something that also bothers me is, or not bothers me, but maybe is a nitpick I have, is that we're introduced through the montage. Yeah. <laughs> Echo becomes, um, Maya becomes very isolated hmm. from not only the her New York family, her Fisk family, but from her, she returns to Oklahoma to her blood family. But 
she she's also not immediately going to grandma's house. She yeah. is being low key. She's not immediately going to her cousin Bonnie. Like she, there's a lot of issues of what happened and why her and her dad left town to begin with that are unresolved. So it's not, so to me, these ancestors who are protecting their people, it's like Maya has people, but she also doesn't. She's, she's a lone soldier. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I get that the, it's trying to, it's trying to make her realize like, Oklahoma is where the shit is happening and where she needs to be to protect yeah. those people. So, so I understand where it's going with that, but it kind of irritates me just because we're seeing the ancestors and I'm like, Oh, they're protecting their people. And meanwhile, Maya, Maya's protecting in the weirdest way. <laughs> she doesn't know <laughs> how, because she's basically grown up without a family. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so and and I do I like biscuits. Huh. Yeah, biscuits. Um. Yeah, he, he's yeah he's the. Will does not like biscuits. I I'm I'm warming up to biscuits. I'm warming up Will to biscuits. Will does not like biscuits. I'm warming up to biscuits. I like bi biscuits. Is kind of, you know, I guess. I think you everybody needs the comic. He's the comedic foil. You need uh, you need someone because Maya is just she's too headstrong. Like yeah. you need someone to bounce off, and she's got all of these adults, her grandma and her uncle, telling her what to do, what she shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And then and then you need biscuits and grandpa. Biscuits. See, I like grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. 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 See, grandpa. See, grandpa to me, is, you know, Graham Greene, of course, MVP. Uh, and so with like with with grandpa and and being that comedic foil and also helping her like you know take some of the edge off and, and helping her like you know like helping her with repairing her leg or just you know even like in the first episode after you know after um what happened you know with her mother dying and stuff and and mm -hmm. and trying to you know try to you know, obviously, Grandma is very pissed off because I guess she knows what's going on with Maya's dad. You know, yeah. and and him and him being in both worlds of like being in the world of Oklahoma, but also working for Fisk. You know, in the criminal underworld. So, and 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 and, and understands that because of him being in both worlds is because she lost her daughter. Um, you know, with the because these folks cut the guy, you know, break the brake lines or whatever. Uh. And, and so I think, you know, so I think that, you know, that relationship is, is very important with, with grandpa biscuits. I know when he comes along, I, you know, he, he's the comedian, he is the, he is the, the guy there for the laughs and to take the, take the, I guess, lighten up the, lighten up the, the mood <laughs> in the show, because it is very, it is very dark and very intense um, and, and, and many, many elements with, with, with all that is going on in the episodes yeah and um i i love the sign language yeah um i i love that she's deaf i think that adds to the intensity just because mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. your main character be deaf mm -hmm. there's so much silence yeah and and, they, yeah oh go ahead no, I was gonna say with that silence, they they and they use they use that like to get back to the fight choreography. Yep. Um, uh, and and the sound editing that they use, like whenever mm -hmm. that was a, that was the one thing that really stood out to me in that first episode when whenever she was on that first mission for Fisk is how do you sound the heartbeat and like you know whenever you know both got both her heartbeat and the other guy when she was fighting his heartbeat and it, you know being together but then to ratchet it up and then she snaps you know breaks his neck and you right. know and how she uses that to, to you know because she is deaf using her other senses to to be able to um you know to be a be basically be an enforcer and and i think that even though i'm not overwhelmed and that enthusiastic after watching these two episodes the show's doing a good job 
-hmm. of making me more excited for Daredevil. Mm. Because very I because from the fight choreography callbacks to now we're talking about the sound design, they did such a good job in with the seasons of Daredevil about sound design just because he's blind so mm-hmm. he relies so much more on sound and the mm-hmm. way he, he through fighting he uses that sense enhanced sense to um to be able to um take down his opponents so so i feel as though we the show's doing a good job and it's also there was a moment and i'm not talking about the montage sequence where i was thinking about oh yeah this is this I get why they did this show after Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye feels like 10 years ago, but there was, I forgot about the element in Hawkeye where he was hard of hearing and having to pick up sign language and having to deal with that in the middle of all this chaos. And, and he meets Echo who, who's deaf. And it's just, it was a really good counterpoint and they even played with sound design there because of all of that that was going on so so i i i find it interesting the creative elements or the production elements that we're talking about and how in a show like hawkeye that we were both kind of mid on like there's that element that's like oh no that really did stand out that makes sense why now we're here with echo and that gets me more excited about this future project of um daredevil so yeah 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 that, you know to the to the point of the montage those were yeah the the, the, the adding in additional scenes from hawkeye and 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 really fleshing out uh whenever she you know was there you know and, and of course ronan uh you know kills her father um but um it 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 it, it really bookended hawkeye in a, in a in a sense of like you said from the technical standpoints that you just and production standpoints that you notice but also uh really even though this is part of the Marvel spotlight and 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 the whole idea of spotlight is to be able to just drop in, you don't need to know, you know, the, the chapter and verse of the MCU, but it still keeps the keeps the links between the two to the this show back to the main MCU. Um, well, it's you you they had to remind viewers. Yeah. Not not about necessarily Ronin the Ronin of it all. But uh, w- the pivotal moment from Hawkeye season mm-hmm. one that involved Maya, where Maya shoots Fisk. Yeah. And and that all goes back to she thought initially Ronan killed her father, but Fisk gave the order. Right. And so and so you we needed that as viewers, whether you're new viewers uh, who ha- didn't watch Hawkeye or current viewers who did watch Hawkeye. If you're if you're if you did watch Hawkeye. I don't think a lot of us remembered. So we needed the reminder. You just needed to know so that you knew where she was and why she's suddenly in Oklahoma on the run and kind of there there is a power struggle, which 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 brings me to the next thing of we we didn't get we didn't get him yet. We know he's coming, but we, he ain't dead. Fisk is not dead. Right. He um he may he may be one eye less maybe potentially maybe. we don't know, um but and and honestly, all it reminds me of is another really good moment in Hawkeye season one, which was when Fisk started beating people up, yeah like and and Vincent Del Nofro like. He he gave that in all of the Daredevil seasons too. I don't know what it is, but but the strength of that man is just terrifying. It mm-hmm. is terrifying. So yeah. I like if I I really do think that the show is just supposed to make you excited for Daredevil. Um and it's and it's doing a good job. And I think now the more I talk about it, the more I'm reflecting on 
the the brighter points of Hawkeye, which makes me be like, oh man, that wasn't as bad as I I initially yeah. thought it was. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, even because I I know whenever we were DMing earlier in the week, I I I knew that I was like, the jury's still out, because uh, I had just watched the first episode of Echo, and I you know I I was I was I wasn't blown away. No, but I wasn't like this is this is. Uh, but I also wasn't like, oh God, this is terrible. I can't, right. I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Uh, I just thought it was, you know, I thought it was okay. I, I think you know, first episode coming out of it, you know, because of the montage and stuff. But you make a good, very good point. Is it 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 helped establish what her motivations right. are for bringing down, you know, whenever she's on the top of the water tower and talking to her with her uncle, Black Crow, about, you know, I want to be the queen. Yep. You know, so it, it it did it did help establish that. I didn't I I wasn't fully buying it to be honest. Um because I just felt because of the montages taking up half the episode, um it it, it just kind of felt performative. <laughs> yeah, as, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um as far as setting up the motivation, but then once we got to the second episode is and when she does the first mission of you know utilizing the mail, you know, you know, getting the materials and, and setting the bomb on the train in, to New York, that's when I was like, okay, now things are starting to flesh out. Now I'm starting to you know I'm starting to warm up more to this show. Uh, you know, the, the sequence at the beginning of the second episode with the stick ball again, mm-hmm. I, I, I did feel like, I don't know, you know, I, 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 as a person of color and, and seeing, cult, you know, uh, cultural representation and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm always super excited to see those things and see how they, and they really did. And, and, and just learning more about the show. I mean, they really, you know, stick ball is still played in a Chokata nation, uh, you know, utilizing the elements there. I mean, I had the ca- closed captions on. So whenever the other, the the ringer uh, came out to um, when they had the, you know, he, he was Cherokee. So, you know, it gave, it gave texture to the fact that, you know, they were fighting for their land. And, and so, and I see what they're trying to do with these, op- these cold opens with the, with, you know, starting out with the ancestors trying to like you said contextualize that historical that, that, that event that happened with their ancestors in this case fighting for literally for that territory because if they lost this match the Cherokee were going to take over the the village mm-hmm. um and so you know and then you fast forward to present day it's Maya her struggle her her fight taking over Kingpin's empire so I'm seeing where they're trying to like you know, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, okay, I see where the show is going now. Right. right. And so, yeah. you know, so we, when it, it's one of those shows, I, I understand why they dropped all five of them at once, but it's now that we're talking about it, I'm like, you know, there's enough there. Maybe, and, you know, we still have three more episodes to go, but they could have really stretched, they could have possibly stretched this out a week to make this more buzzworthy because there are a lot of things in this show that you know if they're to your point about making it excited for daredevil and even now Hawk, hawkeye as well there are a lot of street level things that we haven't gotten in in marvel for a while Absolutely. that that really could, could be fleshed out more and and i i will say this as my kind of closing comment on um the first two episodes of echo is that i think the the biggest my biggest issue is I feel as though because we only have five episodes and because of the half hour montage sequence, Maya is still undercooked. She mm-hmm. is yes. as a character, she is not fully fleshed out as a lead should be, because yeah, we understand her motivations. We, we get it. But not none of her current actions are making me like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, I I wouldn't have expected that. Or or emotionally, I feel like I feel like a lot of it is her and just the story concept itself. It just feels a bit undercooked, and yeah. I think they're rushing. Um, but 
But if they didn't, if they didn't know what to do to make it a fully cooked, then I'm glad they're rushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, and I think to your point, I think that's why they released it the way that they did. Because that's yeah. the other, I I completely agree with you that while it's entertaining, it is a bit undercooked. And and, and yeah. honestly, right now, I just know like like the moment we get Fisk, he's just gonna take over the show, like. His presence, I think, is going to just be, and and that's un, a little bit of unfortunate, but sometimes when you have a villain as good as him, mm-hmm. um, and we've even seen him, and I found, it, I found it so interesting. I don't know if anybody else was distracted by this, um, but how he very much, like, took Maya under his wing, saw something in her, but the man couldn't spend the time. This was her biggest red flag that she didn't miss. The man couldn't find the time to learn sign language. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and had different interpreters each time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then again, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, no, it's Fisk. Like, I think it would have been more off character had he taken the time yeah, <laughs> to learn true. sign language. Like, yeah. that wouldn't have made any sense to me because I'm like, yeah. no, you're the bad guy. Honestly, it's it makes me more mad at Maya where I'm like, Maya, think about it. Think yeah. about it. It's right in front of you. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't he have learned if he loves you like he you're his own, he would have yep. learned sign language. Yep. Oh my god. Um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if she's gonna murder one of the interpreters. That would be hilarious. Um <laughs> well, um, I, I think that's it for us on Echo. Yeah. We're going to be covering the the, uh, the last three episodes next week. But <laughs> before I forgot, <laughs> forget, <laughs> um, I have to tell Will about yeah. a show I watched this weekend. Yeah. And um, it's a K-drama. Mm. So I, um, I've been hearing about, I've been hearing on the whole, the, all the talk about K-dramas to watch out for that are starting in 2024. And, and this one started like January 1st. And so I think, I think there was only four episodes available and it's a 16 episode season and the show is called Marry My Husband. Yeah, yeah, very interesting, and and I oh. I kept hearing people talk about how how good this show is, and um, here is the synopsis, and I'm reading this directly from IMDb. Okay. A story about Jiwon, a time limited woman returning back to ten years ago and dreaming of revenge after being killed by her husband who had an affair with her best friend. That is legitimately the presence of the show. And whenever I heard people bring up the show up, they would say that premise and my mind would go, what kind of convoluted shit is that? Yes. <laughs> but then I got curious because everyone, everyone is saying how good it is. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and oh my God, is it a great show? <laughs> oh so good. I don't know what it is, but it is very well acted mm. and arguably as convoluted as the plot is because yes Jiwon has terminal cancer on she she's on her deathbed she inadvertently finds out her hu- her best friend and her husband are having sex while she's on her deathbed and and in the middle of that there's a push and a fall and she's dead, but she wakes up 10 years in the past. And so essentially the premise is, well, if you have this time, mm-hmm. n- now knowing what you know, how would you do it differently? Huh. And there's there's a twist on top of it that I won't get too into, but but all I'll say is uh, is she may or may not be the only time traveler in this show. Um, huh. Oh. So, so it's a very well complicated and I I like how I feel as though the rules are very much out there for us but the writers manage to to make make it not as simple 
as her getting her revenge and being like, well, I'm obviously not going to marry him. Well, well, are like, like, if you don't, then who will like, because Mm -hmm. things have to happen. Fate has to play out. So, so they do a very good job for a time travel show. It is very good. And oh my God, did it win me points when (sighs) I'm going to spoil this, but I know not a lot of our listeners watch K dramas. And if you do, and if you're interested in the show, which I'm telling you, you need to watch it. If you have ever been curious about a K drama, I would start on this one. It's on Amazon. It's very good. We're, we've only just started. Um, but, and if you are going to do that, stop listening and go and watch the show and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Cause I have to, cause Will's not going to do it and I'm going to tell him about something. <laughs> okay. okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious though, but I will, I go, go ahead and spoil away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. There, there, I called it right away that there's another character, this guy, who's also a time traveler as well. And but but for the first five episodes, six episodes, they don't know that both of them have wound it up back in 10 years. They only think that they have. Right. Mm, Okay. And and so at the end of this episode, there's a quote unquote victory that that Jiwon has in and making making her her future more livable per se. Huh. Huh. And um in celebration she goes out on the rooftop and she she puts on a certain song and now this is 10 years in the past 2013 very important date 2013 and she so she plays No More Dream by BTS now this other character comes out and bumps into her and notices she's listening to bts and he says you like bts and she's like yeah well i wanted to play dynamite but i couldn't find it and then he laughs i don't think anything of this will and this will all make sense just bear with me okay and and he says and he says well you know i personally like spring day and then they they let they smile and then there's a moment where you see it on the Jiwon's face and she realizes Spring Day by BTS came out in 2017. Ooh. Dynamite by BTS came out in 2021. One, yeah. And so <laughs> as a viewer, I'm also while Jiwon is realizing it, being like, wait a second. <laughs> You guys, <laughs> any BTS fan knows that. <laughs> of course, you play No More Dream because they debuted in 2013. Huh. <laughs> that, and 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 by the end of it, because of that, they're just staring at each other, and that's where the episode ends. Where it's like, oh, oh wow, oh now they know. So it's, that. So, so it's a series. Yeah, it? yeah, it's a okay, it's a okay. TV show. Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I was, I was just, oh my God, I haven't, I, K-dramas, they usually mention BTS here and there. It's just pop culture. It is huge, but to use it in that way, such a clever way. clever. I was just thinking that, yeah. Like it was brilliant and I should have known better because honestly, when she put on No More Dream, I was thinking to myself, why would you? put on no more dream like that's so random i wasn't even thinking oh it's 2013 yeah <laughs> nothing else yeah yeah oh my god it yeah just... but that's that's brilliant because you know to your point i mean just you know knowing the timeline and stuff but at the same time i mean we all like it's it's, it's very sneaky too because all of us like from time to time will put on an older track older song from your yeah. favorite artist and yeah. so it's like, yeah, that's that's that, that that's good. I, I like that. I like that. I got. I, I might have to check this show out. Yeah, yeah. You, you might. Um. I again. I think so far we only have six episodes have aired. They drop one on Monday and an episode on Tuesday, and there's it's a sixteen episode season. I have already rewatched the first four episodes. 
Like, mm. so I've seen the first four episodes twice. Well, that is how much I was just, yeah. Like, after I finished watching it, I was like, I want to stay in this world. And honestly, I went back because I wanted to see if I would pick up on some nuances, which mm -hmm. I didn't really um, pick up on anything that I didn't the first time. But still, I just, so far, I'm very entertained by this show. And the more it goes on, the more I am scared to m for my life that it's going <laughs> to end sad. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I have a feeling I know where we're going and I don't really like it. But mm -hmm. I also, that would make sense if it went that way. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I just had to share that because... Every now and then when I find a gem, whether it be a K-drama or a random show, I have to express it um, and share with you all. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Oh, for, well, what, no, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, also, so I'm so like, I'm so like thinking about your, the show that you've like shared <laughs> yeah. here. I'm just like, I, I've got to find out more uh, from you after we finish here. But yeah, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me there too, at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.